Praise the Lord. Uh, somebody has a GMC. 22490. GMC 22490. And if that's your car, it's parked in the wrong place. Quickly go and move it from there. 22490. Are you happy to be in the house of God? Yes. Amen. Thank you for saying that. Three months ago, we began a study on the journey of faith. That's what we began three months back on a journey of faith. Can I have the first slide, brother? On a journey of faith and that was the first sermon that we did on Abraham starting his journey. And last month, we did part two as how to avoid a bad decision. Continue, brother. Uh, in avoiding a bad decision, we've seen that to recap for you so that you'll know what we completed is don't run from the problem to be seen. Be thoughtful. Your decisions can affect others. He stops trusting God and starts scheming. He moved from having faith in God's protection to fearing man. He became self-centered. He became a curse instead of a blessing. And the last point we says, correct your decisions and change your direction. And when we correct our decisions and change our direction, we covered he returned to Bethel, he returned to worship, he returned to prayer. And all along Abraham's life, we find every time in his encounter, he always went back to the house of God. Every time. And every time that he went back to the house of God, that's what he did. He went and he worshipped and he prayed. And that should be the encounter of every child of God. Every time either you fall or whatever you go through, try to run back to the house of God. Only at the house of God will you be restored to continue a journey. And today, we are doing part three, and I've titled today's message as Walking by Faith and Not by Sight. I've taken it from Genesis chapter 13, verses 5 to 18. We'll be covering Genesis 13, verses 5 to 18, and that's what we are going to cover. And we will touch on 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. We notice that after the temporary failure of faith that took Abraham from Cana to Egypt, we find once again in the land with this tent, when we find him with this altar and we find him, find Abraham enjoying the fullness of God and God's blessings. But we must remember that the journey of faith is continually conflict rises every time and the decisions we make in the journey of faith will decide whether that decision is good or bad. Many of us make decisions, but it all depends how you make your decision when you go through your time of testing. And we must understand it's in that decision, it's always from one battleground, you're going to another battleground. And it's always a battleground for a child of God. A child of God will always face one battle 
after another battle. It's a life of unending choices. Now, we are, we, when you're looking at this, what we are going to study today, we see a very enlightening account of what happens when strife, our trouble strikes within a Christian family. What happens keeping Abraham as a point of center? What can happen to a Christian family when we encounter problems? And now let us go back to our text of Genesis 13 and we will read from verses 5 to 9. I would request you, if you don't have a Bible, please try to share it with the person on your right or your left. And if there's anybody who wants a Bible, you could just lift up your hands. The ushers will get you a Bible as soon as possible. But let us start. Uh, Genesis 13, verse 5 to 9. Lot also, who went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or, if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to speak to us this afternoon. Give us the grace that we will be able to hear your word. And Lord, as we hear your word, give us the grace to be obedient to your word. Father, we pray, Lord God, that there will be no disturbance in any sort, Lord God. We sanctify the minds of every person in this hall. Lord, let your word fulfill the purpose for which it goes forth today. Father, we pray, give us the grace and Holy Spirit minister to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This afternoon, I want us to look at the life of Abraham and Lot. That's what we are going to see. Abraham represents the spiritual man who lives by faith. And on the other hand, we see Lot, who represents the carnal man, or a carnal Christian, that lives only by sight, or by what he sees. So we are looking at these two people. Abraham is moved by faith, while Lot is moved by what he sees Abraham do. We see Abraham at this place, going from maturity into the Lord, while Lot remains immature with his walk with his uncle. The whole story of Lot is summarized just in one line or in one sentence. Lot's life is summarized in one sentence and we find that in verse 5. If you look in your Bibles, verse 5 summarizes Lot's life. It says, Lot who went with Abraham. You've seen that? Lot who went with Abraham. It summarizes in one line. Wherever Abraham went, Lot went. When Abraham stopped, Lot stopped. What Abraham did, Lot did. Abraham moved, Lot moved. That's all we find the life of Lot. 
doing what he sees Abraham doing. And he does the same thing. Lord seems to be a picture of some Christians who depend their faith on mature Christians. All that they do is they depend upon a mature Christian. There are a lot of lots within the body of Christ unknowingly. Now, they never seem to lean to or to learn or to walk alone with God. They don't want to walk alone with God, but they lean on the faith of someone else who is stronger. And they are happy as long as they have a strong church. They are very happy. As long as they got a strong Christian that they can depend upon, they are happy. And lots are there within the body of Christ who live on somebody else. Sorry to use this word, but those lots are called like leeches. They only hold on. Wherever you go, they are with you. You fall, they also fall. When Abraham's faith fell, Lot's faith fell. Lot leans on Abraham all through his journey, although his faith is genuine. We must understand, Lot's faith is genuine because the New Testament says that, that Lot was a righteous man. The New Testament says that Lot was a right, even though he was a righteous man, nevertheless, he depended upon Abraham. There are many righteous people within the body of Christ, but they depend upon somebody who's more mature to walk with as long as they, you remember when we were children, we liked to hold our mother and our father's hand to go wherever it goes, but ask us to go alone, we don't do it. We like to hold on, to cling on to somebody. And as young boys, we like to join somebody else to do things, but we do not walk, want to walk alone. Now remember, God had already told Abraham, leave your hometown, leave your country, leave your home and come. Abraham did not obey God completely. However, there will come a time when separation will take place for lots. There will come a time when separation takes place for the Abrahams to continue their journey. Because you cannot, sorry to use this word, you cannot carry baggage for too long and go. There's a time when you got to let go and let that person have their own walk with God. Amen? Now let's look at the first point. The conflict, we're going to see the conflict generated by a carnal Christian. The conflict generated by the carnal Christian, verses 6 to 7. We look at our study from verses 6 to 7. And Lot, and, the, uh, and Lot also went with Abraham. You see that? Had flocks and herds and tents, and the, and the land was not able to bear them that they may dwell together for their look at that verse i want you to underline if you have it, have it in the bible for their substance was great, great so they could not dwell together you seen that their substance was great they could not dwell together look at verse 7 it says and there was a strife between the herdsmen of abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of lot's cattle and I want you to look at the next line. It says, And the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwelt then in the land. There was a conflict we see between two groups of herdsmen. Only for conflict over 
space for their herd to have food. This conflict was a result because of wealth. When wealth increased, conflict automatically started. Have you ever noticed families fight over things they either have or they don't have? There are fights at home. We find material things will separate all the lots from the Abrahams. Look at verse 6 again. Let us look at that very carefully. And the land was not able to bear, bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great. Quickly, let us turn to James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. James chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. And let us see what the scripture says there. Where, where why, do, why do you, why do you fight and argue? with each other. Isn't it because you are full of selfish desires that fight to control your body? You want something you do not have and you will do anything to get it. You fight and you will do anything no matter what just to get what you want. You will even kill. That's what the scripture says, not me. You will even kill but you still cannot get what you want and you, would, you wouldn't get it by fighting and arguing. You should pray for it. Yet, even when you do pray, your prayers are not answered because you pray just for selfish reasons. Our reasons are selfish. It's only about me. God is not in the picture when we pray. And that's the, that's the reason the Bible says you will never get what you're asking because you are selfish in your motive. We read here that their position was so great that they could not dwell together in the land, so strife broke out between both of them. Today, if we are to, to term this, we'll say this is a conflict of interest. That's what we will use this term. Let me give you an example, an earthly example. Suppose there were two men and they were businessmen. Both of them are businessmen and they were partners. And above all, they are Christians. Two businessmen, they are partners, and they are children of God. For the stronger one of the businessman, he is a man of faith, total faith. This business that he has exists only for one purpose, and that purpose is to benefit the work of God. That's his total purpose for the spiritual man. He knows that God expects him to take his normal living from the business that he's having, but that's not why he's working for. That's not the main reason. His real reason for working is that he may use the strength and the wisdom that God gives him to invest that money to the advancement of God's work. And that's the only purpose for the stronger Christian. At first, everything seems beautiful for both the Christians. Great. The other Christian agrees to it because he thinks it's a worthy cause for their business. Great, we are in one agreement. But suddenly, as business progresses, prosperity starts to come in, everything starts to move, gradually going up, 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 and suddenly, when money starts to come, the second Christian, his standard of living now slowly changes. Before he had a two-bedroom house and he was happy, but now since the standard of living he says, honey, we need a three-bedroom house. The two-bedroom is not enough. We need a, another room for our dog. The dog was outside all along. 
then slowly he says, honey, we are going to vacation. And this is truth. I'm not making this up. We cannot go to church by asking any of our brothers to take us. Or we cannot just get a rental car to go to church. This is truth. We have to get a limousine to go to church. I heard it with my own ears. We have to have a limousine to take. And I asked this brother, is it really required? He says, yes. We need a limousine because the standard of now is gone higher. And now the second Christian starts saying, honey, I think it's enough the days that we, we, we flew in economic class. We have to go now in business class. Lifestyle starts to increase. But slowly there comes a slowly a, a point of conflict between the mature Christian, the spiritual Christian, and the carnal Christian. Because the main purpose for the spiritual Christian is that this business is for the extension of God's worth. And finally, what it comes to, exactly the lots and the Abrams have to part their ways. And that is happening in the Christian world. This is truth. It is happening in the Christian world. Everything starts off very well. As time goes by, that's the reason I encourage women, if you can use a whip, use it. Now don't go and beat your husband as soon as you go home, please. I'll be in trouble. Pastor Abraham will call me for a meeting immediately. This passage that I want to show you, is a scripture has two dangers that we need to identify so that we learn to avoid it in our personal life. There are two scriptures that I want to show you. The, number one, first point, brother. The danger of ruining family relationship. The danger of ruining family relationship. They were brethren, we know that. They were in the land of the Edens, we know that. Christians are brothers and sisters in the Lord that should learn to walk, love in unity. Every child of God must learn to do one thing, walk together in love, unity. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verse 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. The Bible says, always keep yourselves united in what? In the Holy Spirit. We unite ourselves together for different reasons. The Holy Spirit is not there in our unity. But the Bible says, unite yourself in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, after you unite yourself, the Spirit of God says, now bind yourself together for what? Peace. See that? You're supposed to bind yourself with another brother or sister in peace and not in pieces. We bind ourselves to make them into pieces. Look, look at John chapter 13, verse 35. Jesus told his disciples that they were to love one another very deeply. And he says, when you love one another, this is how that the world will know that you are my disciples. Can we honestly love one another? It's not easy. But the Bible says that we are supposed to love one another. Abraham was a man of faith. Abraham was a peacemaker for the heavenly kingdom's sake. That was his only purpose. Brethren, God has promised a blessing on peacemakers. Last week, we, we, I emphasized on this. Every peacemaker, you are called a child of God. Every peacemaker. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, the Bible says that peacemakers will be called children of God. 
So if you know that you are a peacemaker, even though when a quarrel is taking home, taking place in your house, and you decide to hold your tongue, you will be called a child of God. Even though you are in the right, and you know your spouse is totally in the wrong, but you learn to submit yourself, you are called a child of the Most High God. Amen? Look at Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 to and 9. Yes, brother. Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. And Abraham said unto Lord, mm. Let there be no strife. One minute, brother. Underline that if you have it in your scripture. Let there be no strife. Yes, brother. I pray thee, mm. between me and thee, mm. and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen. Okay. For we are brethren. One more thing. There are two things that you need to align. Let there be no strife, for we be brethren. We are brothers. Let there be no strife. We are brothers. Thank you, brother. Abraham considered that relationship was more valuable than all the wealth of the land, than all the wealth put together. Abraham considered his relationship more important than that. Do you consider your relationship with your spouse or your brothers in Christ more than all the wealth we have? What is the biggest fight in families over one dress if your wife wants to buy? Oh, one shoe your husband wants to buy. I'm not talking about if your husband has 10 pairs and he wants to buy the 11th pair, the fight. That is okay. You can tear him apart. Okay? If the 11th pair comes at home, if your wife has 25 dresses and she wants the 26th one just to keep it new, not to move, then it's okay. You can bring her to Abraham. Pastor Abraham, I'm sorry. <laughs> we are supposed to be peacemakers. I want to ask you a question. Now, I know it doesn't happen in our homes. No, no, no. We are holy people. In many homes, at the point of death of a loved one, especially if that loved one is your parent and they have a lot of money, okay, the death takes place. Do you know how many fights take place even while the body is still laid out? The first thing is, and this is normally not by men, sorry, my sisters, I love you. Where are all the jewelry kept? Ah, hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. How many rings she had on her finger when she was alive? How many chains were there? Where are they kept now? They are in the cupboard. Did you go and check it? Where's the house documents? Are the house documents kept safe? Who is the car? Who is it written on? Whose name? Body is still laid. They will go in front of the body <laughs> and then come discuss who's taking the money away. So that you know, there are people paid to cry for funeral. Huh? Our money and our wealth is paying us to cry. So that everyone thinks, oh, that person really loved mama and dada. So they must get all the property. While the body is still there, there is conflict taking place here as to who is going to get what. And do you know what's the funny part of it all? Do you know that they don't take anything and go? They go, you know, our, our chief minister died. 200 crore. 200 crores not accounted. And that's only what which is written. The others we do not know how much. 200 crores. 12 cars in a driveway which she has not even driven. 12. And the best cars in the world. Why do you fight over something that you can't take and go to heaven? The second danger. The danger of ruining their witness or testimony for God. The second danger. Look at verse 7. See what verse 7 says. That the Canaanites and the Perizzites, all the ites are there dwelling in that land there. 
And if you look, we must remember that the non-believers are watching us. We will be pushed down. People will do wrong at us. They are still watching to see what will be your action. And I believe that Abraham was concerned about the testimony of God's people among unbelievers. He was very concerned. The scripture says that the Canaanites and the Perizzites, why did the Holy Spirit put that there? Have you ever thought of it? Why did the Holy Spirit make sure that this word is mentioned in the scripture here? One reason, and I believe the Holy Spirit put it for one reason, to remind you and me that we are strangers and pilgrims in this land. Amen? Amen. Let me give you an example. Assume Oman is flat and there is a journey from north to south, 12 hours journey by road. Okay, assume. We are all pilgrims. We must understand that. Now, if that journey by road takes 12 hours, and if you are to walk that journey by walking, how long it will take? It will take a long time. Okay? Another person, the third person, takes a flight from one end to another end. The man who takes the flight reaches home faster. Correct? The man who goes by car reaches faster than the person who walks. We are on that same journey on this planet. But if you are flying and you decide to land your flight and stay there and enjoy everything, your journey will be delayed. But what happens to us in that journey, we begin to land, pitch our tent and enjoy everything. But we do not realize we are just strangers in this journey, in this land. Until the day... You make up your mind and say, I am a pilgrim in this journey. I am a stranger on this earth. You will continue to have the cross before you and the world behind you. The moment you twist it and you put the world in front of you, you will land your aircraft. You will pitch your tent. You will stop your car and you will say, let us enjoy life here. And that's what believers, Christians are doing. We are all pitching our tent and thinking we are going to be here for eternity. Hello, wake up! Your trumpet call is going to come anytime. Amen. I don't know why God is ministering in my heart for this last one month. Are you ready to come home? I shared it with somebody very close that I'm walking with. And I told this person with God as my witness... I'm ready to go home. The person said, why? I said, I'm ready. I am ready to go. Listen, if you know that everything that he has got for you is there, ready for you to take possession, why do you dwell so much here? Absent from the body is present with the Lord, but we want to be so much in this body, holding on to the things that will not carry us anywhere long. Are we prepared to go home? He's waiting to take us. He's calling us, come home. And are you ready? When the trumpet calls you, are you are saying, Lord, give me some more years till my legs give up and till they drag me from one room to another room. But are you ready? Are you prepared to go when he calls you? We are pitching our tent. We love the world so much. The things of the world offers us so much gratification for this flesh which will not even last and we are forgetting about home 
We've seen the first point as a conflict generated by a carnal Christian. The second point, we see the consideration of a mature Christian. The consideration of a mature Christian. Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. Yes, brother. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen. For we are brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. A mature Christian looks for ways to resolve conflicts. A mature Christian looks for ways to resolve conflicts. Abraham said, let there be no strife. I pray thee. It means I beg you, my brother. I urge you, let there be no strife between me and thee. And you see, not only me and thee, between my herdsmen and even your herdsmen, let there be no strife. How often there is strife in our workplaces. Just because I don't like someone else in the other department, I make the entire department hate that other department. It's happening. You, you, are, a, you are a manager and you have a department and there's another manager that you don't like just because he doesn't smile at you. You will tell when they come for documents, don't give the documents. Tell them to follow procedures. If he follows procedures, we will give it to him. If that fellow tells us, Salaam Alaikum next morning, you say, okay, we break the procedures. It's for the betterment of the business of the company. We do that. Here, Abraham says, I beg thee, I beg thee, I beg thee. Brethren, Abraham could have told Lot, Lot, all this while you followed me. Wherever I went, you followed me, Lot. Abraham could have told Lot, Lot, I am older than you. He could have told Lot, Lot, God called me, not you. Abraham could have told that. He could have said, Lot, God promised me the promised land. Lot, you pack your bags. This calling is not yours. It's my calling. Do you know what would have happened if Abraham had only told that to Lot? History could have turned in a different way if only he had said that. Abraham could have insisted on having his right, but he did not. Oh, so many of us have got our rights, and we want to establish our rights, but this man of God did not establish his right. He was more concerned about what was right than having his right. Amen? Amen? That's the problem with many Christians today. They are more concerned about their right than what is right. A mature Christian looks for ways to resolve. Pay attention now. A mature Christian looks for ways to resolve a problem. And a mature Christian who is not able to resolve a problem, listen to me carefully, because you will have people who will be insisting against you. A mature Christian will walk away. If he knows, I have tried everything to resolve this problem, but this person is not willing to give in, a mature Christian will walk away. Even though to give up his right, he will move. Abraham had the right to choose first. And he deserved that right. Number one, he was older. Number two, he was the head of the family. You see that on the screen. Number three, he was the person to whom God had promised the land. Number four, 
he was the leader, the one who had led the pilgrims to the promised land. All this Abraham was. But Abraham did a very amazing thing. And very unexpected thing Abraham did. He offered the first choice to Lot. How often do we do that? Or when was the last time you offered the best part to someone else? We always give what is left over. Brother, I have this. You can take over because I finished using this, brother. This is the balance I have. You can take it. We always give what is left over in our lives. This illustrates to us what a mature Christian is. Next slide, brother. What a, what a real Christian is. And Lot lifted his eyes. No, brother, it's okay. One minute. We want to see what a mature Christian is. Number one, a matured Christian is unselfish. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Number two, a mature Christian lives a sacrificial life. Amen? Amen. Number three, a mature Christian is humble and meek. Amen. I want you to look at the screen. I want you to ponder over it very carefully. Are you selfish or unselfish in your motives? Number two, do you live a sacrificial life? Or you're very much only about yourself? And number three, are you a humble person and a meek person? Can your wife tell a friend, my husband is a humble and a meek man? I want you to bow your head for one minute. Just for one minute. And I want you to think of this, what we just have on the screen, and say, God, give me the grace that I will be unselfish in my motives. Give me that grace, Lord God, every time that I will be unselfish. Give me the grace I will live a sacrificial life, not only about myself, a pure sacrificial life. And Lord, give me the grace to be humble and meek. There's a song which says, Lord, I gave you my heart. I gave you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your one more time, let us, let us make it as a prayer. Lord, Lord I, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way. In me, have your way in me, Lord. Lord, have your way in me. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. We pray, Father. Amen. By the act of Abraham's kindness, Abraham was fulfilling Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Abraham was fulfilling that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible says... And let us consider one another mm, in order to stir up love and good works. Amen. To stir up love and good works. Good works. Now, let there be no strife, for we are kinsmen. For we are... I want you to tell your, your neighbor, let there be no strife between you and me. Tell your neighbor that. Let there be no strife between you and me. I know you fought with your wife this morning. 
Okay, I know you fought with her. One more time, please tell your wife, let there be no strife between me and you. Do you know why? If, because we are brethren, if you hurt me, who are you hurting? Oh, thank you, brother. You're hurting yourself. And if I hurt you, I am hurting myself. We are brethren. We are one in Christ, correct? If I hurt this hand, this hand also will cry. Tears will come. So if I hurt you, I am hurting myself. We always learn to protect our brethren. I want you to tell your neighbor, I will protect you as long as I can. Now your brother will come to you. Make sure you protect him. Okay, you have confessed it. Pastor Sean, I will protect you as, all, all, as long as I can. So, I want to come to a very sad part now. We finished laughing for a long time. Whenever strife breaks out between body of Christ, pay attention, whenever strife breaks out in the body of Christ, it always ends up very sad and a painful result. Do you know that? Whenever strife breaks out in the body of Christ, there is pain, there is agony. Abraham demonstrated great faith. Lot, he demonstrated great faith that we all should learn to, to, to live and to obey. Let us quickly look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 10. Verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Wait one minute. Now, which is this one another? Brethren in Christ, not only to your wife and husband. We are kind to our wife because we know we have to get food the next morning. Uh, there is no food. Wife will say, today I am sick, I got fever. And we have to go eat masala dosa. Understand? Bible says, be kind one to another within brethren. Yes, brother, read that scripture, please. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Mm. In honor giving preference to one another. Okay. The first point that we see in early morning is the, con this afternoon is the conflict generated by the carnal Christian. The second point that we see is the consideration of a mature Christian. Now the third point we are going to see, the carnal Christian makes poor choices. The carnal Christian makes poor choices. And we find that in Genesis 13 verses 10 to 12. 13 verses 10 to 12. And Lot lifted up his eyes. Hmm. And beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Go to Levin, brother. Then, then Lord, Lord chose him all the plain of Jordan, mm. and Lord journeyed east. Mm. And they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, mm. and Lord dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards, towards Sodom. Sodom. Now, Lord's choice was made by sight and not by faith. See the scripture, it says, Lot lifted up his eyes. Do you know what does that mean, lifting up your eyes? Taking a longer look. It's a very dangerous thing to take a longer look at something. Ladies, when you go shopping, the first look at the dress, walk away. Don't take the second look at the dress. Man, when you go and you see an iPhone, only first look. Second look, walk away. Do you know that? When a man sees a woman, the first look, if she walks, it's okay. Because you can't avoid it. The bird is already flying. It's the second look when she walks and you turn and you look. That is where you sin. The longer look. Lot took a longer look. 
that look was the lust of the eyes because he seen the land the land was fertile he made this decision it was purely because the land was fertile he did not think of the spiritual aspect of 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 sodom no spiritual aspect it was a very poor decision that lot made this decision showed that lot was selfish unconcerned for his uncle unconcerned for his family he had no concern abraham we must understand abraham took lot in abraham treated lot as a son when lot's father died he treated him as a son abraham raised lot abraham educated lot abraham gave lot a good start in business lot owed everything to abraham he refused to acknowledge abraham's position and he refused to acknowledge abraham's contribution to his life like so many people today they are in the church and in the world they are unconcerned and not worried about the right of other they are only concerned about themselves and the choices they make they want the best for themselves and they neglect every people around them it's only about me i should have the best many christians are so unthankful they show little appreciation for those who have done so much for them in their walk of life many christians fall short of this they forget the kindness shown to them when they were in desperate need many christians forget the kindness that is shown to them they don't appreciate they don't think about the person who has been there at the time of their need we need to guard ourselves that this does not happen even to us most of the time we think it happens to someone else it should not happen even to us look at verse 12 the verse 12 says he pitched his tent towards sodom you seen very well he pitched his tent by pitching his tent towards sodom lot ignored the ungodly behavior of the sodomite people he closed his eyes to the influence of sodom he closed his eyes that this influence can influence his family he never thought of it this was seen as a act that he was selfish he never thought that sodom is going to one day bring judgment upon his life that's the reason god had to rescue him when punishment was falling upon the land god should not snatch us because of our disobedience we go into places that we are not supposed to be and when judgment is falling there god has to come and snatch us out that's not the place that we are supposed to be lot's influence over his family gave over to the influence of sodom i want to show you something people of faith make the decisions in agreement with god's principles people of faith make their decisions in agreement to god's principle when they obey god's principle they align their life to god's blessing if you want god's blessing to be in your life you got to align your life to god's principles god's blessings will not fall on you we heard that last week until you obey his principles amen, amen. we want his blessings but we do not want to obey god's principles my last point the spiritual christian will have to have god's promises and blessings confirmed in their lives fourth point brother the spiritual christian will have god's promises and blessings confirmed in their life verses 14 to 18 we are closing with verse 14 to 18 and the lord said unto abram after that lot was separated from him lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward 
and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land. Wait one minute. Wait, brother. I want you to underline verse 15. It says, for all the lands which thou seest. I want you to see the, underline that word. For all the land you see. Okay? That is one. Now underline this word. Arise. Walk through the length. Walk through the land in the length and the breadth, breadth of, of it. it. For I, I will give it unto thee. You seen that? Not only what you see, now you walk the length and the breadth. What I'm going to do for you? I'll give the land. I will give it to you. But I want you to notice one scripture, one thing here. After Lot was separated from Abraham, this promise came now to him. God can, can and only confirm his blessing and promises after we have separated ourselves from those who hinder our walk. There are many people who hinder our walk in our journey. Amos 3, verse 3. Can, can, two, can, walk, two, yes, can two walk together? Unless they are agreed. agreed. We all know that two people cannot walk together in their spiritual unity and harmony if they are not in agreement. There will come a time when they have to part so that the other person does not hinder their walk with God. In other words, you cannot walk on the same road as a carnal Christian and expect the spiritual blessings of God in your life. You can't do that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, mm. come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Underline the word, come out, be come. separate, and touch. And, and do not touch what is unclean. Three words I want you to touch. Come out, be separate, don't touch anything unclean. And then what and it I, says? And I will receive you. And I will receive you. We want to touch, we don't want to separate, and we want God to receive us. God's presence and God's power is only available for those who set apart, separate themselves from the world and the things of the world that it has to offer you. His power can only fall from you if you separate yourself from everything that contaminates you. My first point there is God rewards to a spiritual Christian. Next point, God's reward to a spiritual Christian. Abraham's faith was rewarded. The separation from Lot from Abraham was one of the major crossroads, crossroads of Abraham's life that was a turning point of God's promise. Abraham was facing a tremendous need in his life. And that was, God had promised Abraham, number one, an inheritance was a promise that he gave that you will be fruitful and you will be productive. You see, that was a promise God gave Abraham. You will be fruitful and productive. God's reward with our life for brothers and sisters in Christ is His Holy Spirit, a life of joy, a life of love, a life of glory. Amen? And a life of power. That's the promise God has promised you and me. God will make you fruitful in Jesus' name. Can you tell your neighbor, God will make you fruitful in Jesus' name? I want to show you one more thing. God will make your life such a blessing that after you even leave bread of life or leave this earth, even after you leave, 
Okay? You will have somebody tell another person, I received my spiritual blessing through the life of that woman and that man. Even you may not be here. You will never know what your life has touched somebody. They will say, I was strengthened and encouraged in my journey through that brother and that sister. They will say, I was, that brother or that sister was a great blessing to me. I want to share something with you today. This week I made, made a visit to a family. And I was so touched when this family used to, said, told me something. They said, we are here for the last 10 years. We were not coming to Bread of Life Church. My husband was not coming. It was only my wife. But there's one thing that drew us to Bread of Life. And I asked, what was it? They said, the ministry of the women. When Sister Padmani visited us when my wife got a baby and cared for us day after day after day because we were living in Gobra. That ministry drew us to the church. How come these people even do not know us are loving so much of love even though they were going to some other place? Your love, your compassion, your service to God, you will never know how it will draw someone to Christ. You will never know. Maybe she has not even heard about it. You will never hear about it. But one day when you're gone, people will say, that brother made an impact in my life. Amen? Amen. God said to Abraham, I want to come to a very important point. God told Abraham, arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. I have to be a little more louder than them, okay? Please forgive me. The same word God told. God told Abraham, the land that you walk on, I will give it to you. Whenever God speaks twice, pay very close attention. He told that to one more man. He told that to Moses. Let us look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 24. What did God tell Moses now? Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 24. 11, 24, Deuteronomy. Every place where on... Every the, place on mm, which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Every place that you put your foot... I will give it to you. Second promise. God no. spoke once, second time. Now I'm going to show you one more scripture where the Bible says God promises a third generation. He promises Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 verse 3. We are seeing how God promises three mighty men of God. And it's not in one place, but it's in many places. Every, Joshua 1 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, ah. I have given you. Amen. As I said to Moses. As I told Moses, I'm giving you. God is still speaking to you and me. Amen. Every place you go, Amen. every place you go, Amen. He says, now maybe you, you will not have to walk the land of Oman, but you might take your car. God will say, take your car and drive and I will give you that land. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. I want you to notice something very, very important. There's a condition for receiving a land. There's a condition for receiving souls. Do you know what is the condition? You have to be a man or a woman after God's own heart. You cannot be a carnal Christian and say, I will tread upon this land, God is going to give, me, give it to me. He won't give it to you. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You have to be led by God to say, go towards this direction, that land will be yours. And you can take the promise of God and claim the ground if God has promised to give it to you. But it should not be from your own. It should be led by the Holy Spirit. God is saying to us, don't wait. You don't have to wait till you die to enjoy what I'm promising you. 
you can have it now. My next point, spiritual Christians respond to God's confirmation. Spiritual Christians respond to God's confirmation. The Bible says that Abraham came to Hebron, a place of fellowship. When he came there, again you find, you notice that in, in the last two messages, we find Abraham test, his test, he failed. Test one, he failed. Test two, he failed. But for the third time, he didn't fail. And after that, Abraham never fell at all. Because now he knew. All along, Abraham depended upon man. He feared man. But when he changed from looking at man and he looked at God, Abraham never fell after that. He started his journey. If you look very carefully, he built an altar unto the Lord. By building an altar, Abraham made two announcements to the people and to the unbelievers. Number one, this announcement was a worship to God for God's faithfulness. A worship to God for God's faithfulness. God is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. God is a faithful God. Amen. Amen. God longs to have fellowship with you and me. Do you know that? Amen. That's the reason he keeps on talking. He keeps on calling. Come, come to me. God wants you to long to have a fellowship with him also. God is waiting for that. This was an announcement. Next slide, brother. This was an announcement that he was a witness for the one and the true living God. That was a witness. Yes, next point, brother. You see, every time that you and I come to church, we come together to worship God. We are witnesses to the world that we serve and worship the living God. Amen? And that God has made the heavens and the earth. Every time you come here, that's a witness to the people. Next point. We are telling that we are a witness to God's mercy. Next point. His love, His grace to all mankind. Every time you meet here, you're telling the world, it's only by God's grace and mercy that I am here. The third one. We are, we are witnesses that God longs to bring fallen humanity back to where to the right standing where we are supposed to be. The fourth, we are witnesses to God's provision of salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Fifth, we are witnesses that the just lives by faith and not by sight. The life of God's people is a walk of faith and not by sight. I want to conclude. We've seen the carnal Christian on one side. We've seen the spiritual Christian on one side. The carnal Christian is what he sees. The spirit, spiritual Christian is what he sees God. But in our walk with God, you find most of the time the carnal Christian and the spiritual Christian fighting among themselves. That's what's happening. We forget there is a third category of people within the body of Christ. Do you know what's the third category of people within the body of Christ? And that's the unbeliever, the lost the man who's walking in sin. What we are spending most of our time fighting between the carnal and the spiritual, forgetting that there is a third kind within us. He came from heaven to earth to show us the way. But we are so much engrossed in our own battle that we are forgetting that the Savior came for the third kind. And there is a third kind within us. But we are so much engrossed between brethren, between churches. Let me ask you a question. I'm not here to offend you. We, are we brothers and sisters in Christ? Yes. Okay. 
how often you take the chance after service to meet one another? Do you greet one another? Or we go, I'm only Pastor Leslie and me only, how are you? I'll come home and I'll eat with you. And then I go to Abraham, Pastor, how are you? I only come to you. We only go to our own cliques. Do we go out and meet everyone? Leave that, leave that. I'm not worried about that. These people who run in after church, who are they? Hello? Huh, who said that? God bless you, sister. They are your brothers and sisters in Christ. You are going to see them in heaven. And you even don't even smile at them. And we are the body of Christ. I'm a servant of God, but I don't have time to meet or to greet. Why can't you at least smile? Your teeth won't fall off if you smile at them. <laughs> Do we take the time to smile at this once? I'm warning you. We should not miss heaven because of that. They will be in heaven. They have more zeal to run into the church. We come in 40 minutes late. Why, brother, you are late? My baby was just going to the toilet only at 12 o'clock. I have to feed my baby at 12 o'clock. The blessing that God gave you, now you put, you put all your blame on your baby. The next time I come to preach, I'm going to show you something. At 12 o'clock, for three weeks, I took a photograph from here. There were hardly 25 people. I'm good. I, I had it. I said, if I, if I keep whipping you too much, you will hate me. 25 people at 12 o'clock. And we say, we love Jesus. And we say, we love our brethren. And we cannot even smile at these people. We, we feel that they are, they are, you know, they are untouchable. You cannot even wish one another outside. And you join as groups. Today, I challenge you in the name of Jesus that you will meet at least 15 people, each one of you, and bless those 15 people and go home rejoicing. So if your call comes, you know you'll be in heaven. Amen. See, only a few amens. Amen. You, you don't want even to go to heaven. Hello, Sultan, is, Sultan Kabus is not going to give you citizenship here. He's giving you a citizenship there. You have to have your book written in the book of life. Amen. That's why your name has to be written. Not in the attendance that you are a member of bread of life. And pastor is going to call you because you are not here. Your name should be written there. Hallelujah. That when the trumpet calls, you will be called and rewarded. Not because you are a bread of life member. Let's bow our heads. Church, even with our heads bowed, talk to God. You have been warned, I have been warned. Where is our walk today? Don't assume for a moment that you're going to be walking into heaven if the walk that you have today is not right. Talk to God.
Look at yourself. Are you a lot in the church today? Who do you depend on? Do you depend on God? Or do you always depend on the brother beside you? What is your relationship with those around you? God is asking you that today. Are you a Friday, praise the Lord, Christian, and the rest of the week fighting with those around you? Are you a lot in the house of God? Remember, there are people watching. There's a whole multitude of people watching around you. What is your witness to those around you? Or maybe you are not a lot. So are you an Abraham in your home and in the church? Are you a problem solver? Or are you a problem maker? Do you demand your rights or you do? what is right church just answer this question are you walking in sight or in faith am i walking in sight or in faith first corinthians chapter 2 verse 5 says this that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men but in the power of god that's where you need to be. Let's stand as we close the service. And if your walk so far has been more by sight than by faith, it's time to put it away. Let's not carry these baggages of 2016 into 2017. Let's make a commitment to God. Let's just tell God, 2017, why 2017? Let me start doing it right now. Not by sight, but by faith. Let's learn to trust God. The God who has created us, the God who has provided everything that we have, everything that we need, Let's just learn to trust that God. Let's just learn to humble ourselves and submit ourselves unto God. Not fighting with men and women around us. Not striving for little, little victories and losing the big battle. Let's just talk to God and thank Him. Let's thank Him that He's given us a warning today. We have seen it so many times. God loves us. God is so concerned about us that He keeps reminding us. He keeps telling us to fall in line, to be in alignment with His ways, because that's the way forward for us. Church, let's take a stand for God. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord, that in your love for us, you continue to correct us. 
that in your love for us, you continue to teach us. In your love for us, you continue to discipline us, Lord Father. And Father God, help us, Lord Father, to be receptive to that which you have for us, Lord Father. Take away that hardness of our heart, Lord Father. Take away those obstacles that are hindering our walk with you, Lord. And Father God, we pray, Lord, that we will truly be those kinds of people, those Abrahams, Lord Father. That we will surrender unto you, Lord Father, not being in strife with our brother, not being in strife with anyone, but just looking to you, Lord Father, trusting you, Lord Father, for our every today and our tomorrows, Lord Father. We thank you, we give glory unto you, Lord Father. Thank you, Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that your anointing will be further poured upon him, Lord Father, that he will bring us, bring to us your words of wisdom, Lord Father. Be with him and his family, Lord Father. Meet them at their points of need, Lord Father. Bless them mightily, Lord Father, and use them powerfully in this place, Lord. We just commit them into your hands, Lord. Thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here, Lord Father. And even as we depart from this place, Lord, let your words continue to ring in our hearts, Lord Father, and in our minds, that we will do that which you ask us to do, Lord. We give all glory to you, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Newcomers, please assemble at the left side of the church. There will be somebody who will be meeting with you. So all newcomers, please do assemble at the left side of the church. God bless you. And let's move out quickly. We are way past time. So let's do all our talking outside the church. Let's please move out. I still see people talking and greeting inside. Let's move outside.